Before we get today's episode started, I would like to thank a few people for helping make today's show possible. First and foremost, Connor Brown and Caraguna right here from Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, along with Chris Panner from Rowan Athletic Communications, and Simone Sperano, along with Natalie Ogden from Rowan Volleyball, and last but not least, James Farah and Jawan Hayes from Rowan Football. Cue the intro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents the Rowan Sports Review, a weekly program that brings you up to date on all the exciting news of Rowan University Athletics, including recaps and highlights, player and coach interviews, and a preview of upcoming games. And now, here's your host, Rowan Radio Sports Director, Danny Ryan. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned in live here to the Rowan Sports Review right here on RowanRadio.com Channel 2 with your host, myself, Danny Bryan. As we get set to throw you right into everything we have in store for you this week. And this week, it's really just two big interviews with athletes here on the campus of Rowan University, starting off first with Natalie Ogden and Simone Sperano from Rowan Volleyball. And we'll end off the show with Jawan Hayes and James Farrow, the running backs from the Rowan University football team. Without further ado, I'm going to send things over to Connor Brown and Kara Guno for their interview with women's volleyball's very own Simone Sperano and Natalie Ogden. On this week's edition of the Rowan Sports Review, we have a packed house here today as I'm joined with two stars of the volleyball team, Natalie Ogden and Simone Sperano. Also joining us is future journalist, broadcaster star, Caraguno, and the least decorated of the four, myself, Connor Brown, reigning NJAC champions and currently sitting at 17-3 and three on the season. You know, does, does success just ever get boring to you guys? <laughs> I can't say it gets boring. I mean, it's nice, but <laughs> boring isn't a word I would use, I don't think. It's not like like tedious or anything like that. You don't ever worry about falling off because you guys have really, you know, ever since I started following you last year when I, I started getting into the sports department, you guys have played at this just elite level. So, you know, what are some of like the pressures of being that good of a team? Um, I would say about that, like, Going into last season, we were viewed more as the underdog. Like, we didn't have a season in, what was it, 2020? Um, so nobody really expected anything from us. So we just kind of went out there, and every single game we did the best we could. But now we kind of have that target on our back as Rowan. Like, people are coming for us this year, where we were the underdogs last year, year and now we're not. So um, we just try to keep that underdog mentality. Yeah, we were always ranked in the NJAC, the dark horse, for like the past that. few years, and then this year we aren't. But yeah, that was something we always kind of like loved having as well. Um, we always play better when we're like the underdog, but it's definitely a little different this year being on top. So you guys, you have you had two new freshmen, Hannah, Vanessa, and Jenna, and you guys had a strong team. You graduated one last year. What makes them so valuable on this team for you guys? I think they came in like ready to play and ready to put the work in and I can see like their competitiveness and they like really want to learn from us being seniors um, and captains on the team and they I think they just embody what RUVB is and I think they're just like great teammates and great players overall Um, but yeah I think I want to be better for them and I want to try to make them better so. Well, obviously they played well this year, but um, if you kind of look at the roster, you guys have a lot of upperclassmen. Seems you're going to have a big roster turnover next year. What do you have to see from the younger players down the stretch so you know that next year it won't be a step back for Rowan? I mean, we have, I don't know the exact number, but it's seven or eight 
freshmen, I think, coming in. So they have a pretty loaded roster next year. But I know the girls below us that'll still be here next year. They know what their like what their like job is. Yeah, they to, know how how we operate as a team. They know what they have to do in order to prove like to those freshmen coming in what our uh, standard is. So I don't really have any worry about graduating such a big class because I know we're leaving behind a great group of girls. I want to talk to you, Natalie, about your accomplishments. So first of all, congratulations. 1,000 digs, 1,000 kills, and first player in history to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, can you talk about your journey at Rowan? And I know Coach talked about you. You know, freshman year, you were coming off the bench, didn't play that much, and then you just blossomed into this fantastic player. Can you talk yeah. about that journey and what it meant to you to finally get that kills? Yeah, so coming in here freshman year, I was fresh off uh, shoulder surgery, and I also, like, coming back into the swing of things with volleyball, like, in preseason, I was limited to, like, 20 swings a day. Like, it was crazy. Um, but, yeah, I definitely didn't see as much playing time as I wanted. But I was okay with that. I knew I wasn't in, like, the best shape. I wasn't, like, ready really for college volleyball. Um, but then going and, like, seeing that my freshman year, and, like, I think that mentally prepared me for what was coming next because I knew I was going to be in that position that, uh, like, the outside was that her senior year. But I think I – prepared a lot going into sophomore year and just playing in my sophomore year I think gave my confidence and I think that just kept growing into uh, last year and this year. Simone do you ever get you know aggravated with Natalie stealing stealing those digs from you? Or? <laughs> there was a point <laughs> when she was gonna get her th- so when I was trying to get my thoughts there were a couple I remember that last year yeah <laughs> that like Natalie came in and, and no, I no no no, no. no. <laughs> I did the same thing to you though I did the same thing to you where I like swooped in the the game that you were gonna get your thousand digs I like took one from you and all my coaches were like Simone you gotta stop doing that and then it was the same way but when like you're in the game you don't think about like yeah, your numbers just, like, or anything bitch you just go after the ball yeah. <laughs> i'd rather win the point yeah win the point than get about the milestone that, so. <laughs> talk to simone as well i mean you have the thousand digs too so and that was i believe last year well, what did that mean to you as well to get that accomplishment you guys just like a dual threat uh, on the court you guys there's just so many weapons in the team for, for you to accomplish me accomplish that as well what did it mean to you um it was a pretty big moment it's something like every libero like kind of looks forward to like whether it be in high school or college like it's just something that's on your mind like even starting your career like will I make that big milestone will that get that accomplishment in my four years it was a pretty big deal and uh, all my teammates were so supportive when it happened like it was just such a great feeling to know like they cared so much to celebrate me in that way mm-hmm. and yeah and when Natalie got it too it was so fun like it's always <laughs> so fun seeing like your teammates get it too like it's always like a big celebration you know this being your last year here you Obviously, I've led the team in digs as a libero. <laughs> and Jackie, too, has, you know, been the second best on the team at that, you know, the defensive specialist. But both of you are seniors. Who next year out of the underclassmen are you looking forward to stepping into your role? Uh, Vanessa right now is the, we're leaving her as the only DS right now. So I'm really excited to see her lead the I think we have three or four defensive specialists coming in in the freshman class so I'm really excited to see how like Vanessa sets up and shows them how we run our defense but I think she's going to do a great job. Talking a little bit about Jenna I spoke to both of them before as this freshman on the team and Jenna and and Vanessa both had such admiration for you both and kind of pinpointed you guys as leaders so what have you seen from Jenna and how she's really stepped up I know with Newsom as well having kind of to shift in in different in the outside hitter what have you seen from her especially as a freshman and how she's developed? I think she came in here, like, ready to learn. Literally, the first day of preseason, she goes up to me and she's like, Nat, I need you to teach me your ways. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think she knew coming in that she was going to be, like, a key role on our team and will be in the future. 
so I've definitely seen her confidence kind of grow from the start and just see her like kind of make her mark on our team and I think she is literally doing fantastic and just from the beginning of the season to now she's gotten so much better. Could you also touch on the progression of uh, Brooke Adams who really you know sprang onto the scene last year for you guys as a freshman and Mm -hmm. is you know just keeping up that dominance as a uh, sophomore? Yeah that's definitely tough coming in to be a starting setter freshman and like she's playing all around too Uh, but I think she did so well and She's like one of the best setters I've had in my entire career. Just seeing her from last year to now, it's she's gotten like so much better. Just her like location of the balls when she sets it and her defense has gotten a lot better. I think she's coming up on two thousand assists. <laughs> yes, she's about so. to get that. <laughs> wow. You guys have a lot of accolades on the team. Yeah. <laughs> I, she just like knows the sport so well, I think. And she does so well with tricking the other team, like where she's gonna set the ball. Like, we talked about this yesterday in practice. My brother, who's an assistant coach, he's like, look, I had no clue where you're going to set the ball like half the time because like she just does so well. And she that kind of opens up things for me as a hitter, like opportunity wise, like a split in the block helps me so much better. Her just putting the ball like right where I need it so I can get kills. How, how cool is that to have your brother on the staff? <laughs> yeah, how cool is that? Um, it has its perks. <laughs> and Sometimes it can be a little annoying. <laughs> we love Zach. Yeah, we kind of clash heads sometimes, but we're, we're like best friends, low key. It's nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like that's almost any, you know, brother sister relationship. Right, uh, yeah. You know, you love them, but uh, more than often than not, you yeah. want to like, you know, yeah, tear their head off. Like. Yeah. We like both love volleyball, so it's nice having them here. That's awesome. And I want to talk to you, Simone, about what you. I mean, how can you kind of lead the team and, and defensively sound with all the digs and set things up for them? What have you seen from the, this team so far? And how do you kind of lead the team and take the reins in beginning and throughout the entirety of the match? I mean, the the play starts with a good pass. Like, Natalie can't get kills. Brooke can't get assists unless we have that first pass. And, I mean, I really try to encourage all of our back row players to, like, we do it for them. Like, we always have the saying, like, we play for each other. So, when we're back there, we're getting that serve receive ball. Like our main goal is to make it a good pass to set up our hitter, set up our setter. But I really try to just like motivate and encourage my teammates. Like there are times when you get down, it's part of the sport, but how you get out of it really matters the most, I would say. So I really try to just be that encouraging voice for them. Is that where that, you know, the turn up that gear kind of saying comes yeah. from? Like what, what's the <laughs> philosophy behind turn up that gear? So basically going into October, we're playing some teams that we would have never have put on our schedule in previous years because – we just didn't have the skill to compete with them. But now that we do, our coach really lined up a schedule that would make it competitive for us. And we're seeing most of those games in October. And those games help you with, like, your regional rankings and everything. So it's really important that we go into those games, like, with a new gear set in mind. Because September we had our games. We had tough matches. But October is like a you got to hit the brakes and no no, hit the gas and no brakes. <laughs> Don't hit the brakes. <laughs> Don't hit the brakes. Yeah. All gas, no brakes no is what we say going into October. So talking a little bit about that and the teams that you're going to be facing in NJAC, is there a team that I know Stockton was a crazy game, you know, Montclair State, you beat them in the championship last year. Now down the stretch, what are, how are you guys feeling about that Kane game? How important is that for you? And the other conference game, I believe it's NJCU. How important are those games down the stretch to get that that top spot? They're definitely really important because our, I mean, obviously our goal is to win the NJAC this season again, but we want to be ranked number one going to playoffs and doing that we would have to beat Kane and NJCU, and that would give us a bye the first round of playoffs and give us the home court advantage, which like really helped us last year uh, at the finals. And just that would help us so much more. And playing them before, I think, also helps us mentally prepare to play them again. That's good. I, I mean, those teams, 
how, how do you feed off that energy kind of going off of that? You mentioned about the home crowd. How important is that for you guys? I know it gets kind of loud and chaotic in, 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 in Esby. How is that a factor and when you guys play, especially in, in the tournament? I mean, last year having that home court advantage I think was everything. I think that honestly like contributed to our success in that last match just because the energy, like we feel at home here. Obviously, it's our home gym. Um, all the people that like we love are up in the stands. It's nice that they know that we know that they have our backs during the whole game, but we just always have played better at home. And I think that goes for like a lot of teams that just play better in their home gym is what they're used to. That championship match, I just remember it felt like any other match. It didn't feel like a championship match because we were at home, like which I think created a better vibe like throughout. So having that home court advantage would definitely help us out. So Natalie, your your nickname is, on the team is Grandma. Is, yeah. it, is that correct? Mima, actually. Oh, Mima. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how, how did you get that one? Uh, just because I'm, well, I don't like to say fifth year. I'm a grad student. But yeah, because I'm the oldest one here. I'm 22 <laughs> playing with like 18 year olds. But <laughs> I, I mean, I feel the same way sometimes. I'm 23. I took a year off from college and like I'm a half semester behind. So it's yeah. like, I, I also feel sometimes like this, like, yeah. I don't know, elder person, you know? <laughs> I don't even remember how it started. I, someone just like said it, and I then think it I just said, stuck. like Granny one time, <laughs> yeah, and then it turned into Meemaw. because <laughs> they want to be more unique, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Simone, I mean, you're, you're up there too in age. No offense. <laughs> yeah, I just called her No, two weeks, twenty two. Oh, are are yes. you like the cool aunt? You know, are you yeah, like the stepmom? <laughs> like, what's 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 what what, cool what is your nickname? No, I aspire to be a cool aunt, but. Um, <laughs> No, I don't think I can be Meemaw. That's already taken. She's yeah. she's got what two months on me, so I'm not yeah. the oldest, but I'm I'm getting there. <laughs> two two weeks. And kind of going off of that, is there, I know we can only see some from a certain angle as media and you know covering you guys. Have there been any funny stories or anything that you guys want to share with us? I mean, we don't get the inside scoop, so you guys being here, can you share some <laughs> funny moments with us? We actually just got the Snapchat memories. So three years ago, today past or yesterday, yeah. this past week, we went to Texas for a tournament. tournament I would yeah. say. Um, so we get there, everything's great. We go to leave, our flight's delayed. Okay. <laughs> we finished getting the flight delayed, but we had a connecting flight. So the flight being delayed, we missed our connecting flight. So we stayed in this hotel. Like the sketchiest, <laughs> the sketchiest hotel, hotel in, in. It San Antonio. Was like, wow. on the ground. <laughs> <Whoa. like. laughs> anyway, <laughs> we, um, <laughs> it was like a gross, like Atlantic City, like nightclub vibe. <laughs> So like, do, you, do you want to know a cool story? Do you, have you ever seen a dead body? Like, <laughs> We were about to. I don't know. <laughs> I think we called it a pimp hotel. <laughs> but we were supposed to make it home like a Sunday night. Um, was, we, we, were, we like got to this hotel at like 2 a.m. Sunday. Had to be back at the airport at 5. So yeah. there really was no need for the hotel. But we ended up staying there for, I think, an extra 30-some hours in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, and then the next day, that flight got delayed so many times. I think we had to switch planes. It was the flight crazy. was delayed because the pretzels were expired on the plane. <laughs> oh. I'm not even making that up. That was the reason. Yeah. The really? Like, yes. <laughs> they we got on the well, plane. We sat down. Planes. That was the one time we sat down, and they were like, "Guys, the food on the plane's expired. Like, we have to switch it out. So we need everybody to deboard the plane and get back on." Uh. They're like radar. Was I mean, I, I could go off on a whole other tangent about that because it's we're like this up. We are not. It's like yeah, we could go through a thunderstorm, but when the pretzels are stale, we are not going anywhere. We just have travel issues. Last year, we got yeah. stuck in Galloway, oh New Jersey, after playing Stockton. After for, we beat Stockton for the first time in yeah. years, we got, we got stuck, stuck on the bus for what was it four hours? Yeah, our bus broke down at Wawa. Down. Oh my god. Um, 
I mean, I think these experiences Reaching. really bond us even more. <laughs> yeah, we've never had like an issue of like sitting for a long, long time and then like playing kind of thing, I would yeah. say. Um, it always happens on the way home when you just want to be back at home yeah. and you right, just yeah. can't get there. No, but yeah. Well, I mean, to me, that sounds like, you know, just great coaching from, you know, Coach Jess person. And obviously she's had a tough past year. You know, wh what have you learned from her, you know, her going through that experience and how, how has it affected you guys? I was going to say our word was like resiliency last year. And I think like she really embodies that. And like that was such a like huge life change for her. And just to see her come back this year, like even better. And I love her. So yeah, it's <laughs> definitely her back. Yeah, it's definitely crazy. I mean, sh it's insane what she was able to still do last year. Like she would go to chemo in the morning and then come and coach us. And I, I don't know a single person that would be able to do that besides her. Yeah. Um, and she was still, like, mentally with us. Like, yeah. never gave up on us. Like, was always there for us. Mm -hmm. Not, I don't like asking about it because it's a sensitive mm -hmm. subject. But at the yeah. same time, I want people to know that she's, like, really respected in, yeah. in, in mm -hmm. the sure. own community. Yeah. And kind of going off of that, I know she missed a lot of time. And she was back for that championship match, correct? Mm -hmm. So what did it mean to have her back in in her in your presence and her be able to get there on the on the court again for you guys? What did that mean for to you guys for her to go through all these challenges and then still come back and be able to coach you guys? I feel like we kind of wanted to, like, win for her, all that she's been through. Even just, like, before, like, building up this program, like, it has been before that so long since Rowan won and, and Jack. I think just seeing her there and, like, being with us – it just kind of like felt different. I think it just pushed us a little more to win. Yeah, those games that we didn't have her there, it's definitely like a shift in the energy on our bench for sure. Like just her presence there, it changes the entire dynamic flow of the game. So having her there for that championship match was just like incredible. I want to take it way back to your guys' time coming to Rowan. What was the big difference maker in coming to making your decision to come to Rowan? And for you, Natalie, talking about coming back to Rowan again, <laughs> can you talk me through that process and how has Rowan felt like home for you guys? And why do you think your time has been so great here? So coming to Rowan, uh, well, obviously my coach was like one of the big parts of my decision because I loved her, I love the team, and I mean I'm engineering, and there's not a whole lot of D three schools that I could play at that has engineering. And I could play volleyball as well. So I think that was also a big part of it. I think just when I came on here, came to the campus, like met the team. I just really liked the vibes here. And then <laughs> to come back to my fifth year, I like, I think I knew deep down going in like my senior year that I was going to come back. Like I kept kind of playing it off me like, I don't know. Like I knew you were coming <laughs> back all along. Don't give me that. <laughs> like it's just like once in a lifetime chance you can get to play a college sport. And, like, I wasn't ready for all of it to be over. Like, all these great memories we've made, like, this year. Like, I wouldn't have had that if I didn't come back. Like, all the success we've had, I wouldn't have been a part of it. And that would have been sad. <laughs> <laughs> but even, like, my accomplishments as well. Like, I knew I was, like, close to the digs and kills. And I'm like, how can I, like, not come back to get that? I mean, that's kind of selfish, but not at all. No, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you should. You go too. for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I felt like I still had, like, more to give, so here I am. <laughs> so Coach will tell you to this day that I, like, stressed her out because I didn't commit here until April, and I think the commitment day is, like, May. <laughs> it's something like that. Like, I really didn't think I was coming here. Um, I kind of gave up on, like, just playing volleyball. I thought I was going to go to, like, a big D1 school and just, right. like, do college. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I came and visited. Wait, and do, do you mind just what, – what, what brought you back to volleyball, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, I – 
coach. <laughs> like, I, oh, okay. I, yeah. So I like toured and I was like, okay, like, I really like her. I met some of the girls. And I was like, I really like the girls here. I do really love volleyball. Like, it, it just like completely changed for me, just like coming here. And then I didn't even know Rowan existed, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Like, I just like, I was from Pennsylvania. I am from Pennsylvania. So, like, it was just like a small school in Jersey. Yeah, now it's like huge and everybody knows yeah. about it. So, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I visited and I, I fell in love with like the area and coach and the vibe and everything that she was building. Like, she told me, like, we're building this team chemistry and building all this like team culture. And I was like, that's what I love. I love my, the club team I played for. I love that about them. So yeah, as soon as I visited, I met her and I met some of the girls. I just like knew I wasn't done playing volleyball and I knew this was where I was meant to be. Uh, is there any difference from last year that you guys are seeing and how teams are, you know, playing against you? Uh, I feel like everyone, when they play us, they always, <laughs> we always say this, they always play their best game. <laughs> I think, but I think that's like, Kudos to us because, like, they know how good we are, so they know they have to bring it to try to beat us. But I think, I mean, we have pretty much the same team coming back. But, yeah, they, they pretty much know our team from last year, and, I mean, I think they know, like, what we're capable of and, like, how good we are. So they know they have to play well against us. And kind of going off of that, has there been, I mean, your coach, she's talked about how you guys have so many arms on the team. And how important of that is a factor when you guys can have so many people you can feed it to and you can get those kills? How important is that? And especially in the end, Jack, when there's just so many people that you can feed to and lead on to score. That's definitely super important for games, but also in like practice, it's really nice to play against uh, like people who are like even better than the competition we're seeing to prepare us for these games. And I think that's also like what makes us such a good team is that in practice we're competing all the time like we have like every single one every single person on the bench is just as good as us so I think that helps us prepare and gets us even better kind of going off of that and how many how you guys have so many accolades on the team you guys are so successful are there players in this team that you guys think are really underrated or really don't get that much attention and maybe who are some maybe dark horses on your own team that you think that can be difference makers in that aspect I always say our setters because that's what I was gonna say <laughs> too <laughs> the other day we're like <laughs> I can't believe, like, Brooke Adams hasn't gotten, like, player of the week or, like, some kind of right. recognition yet because she's leading the NJAC in assists per set by, like, two. Like, that's crazy. And she is honestly, like, one of the best setters I've had. So, yeah, she's definitely one of the more, like, not underrated, but just doesn't get enough attention from things like this. All right, I just have one, one last question. It's a stupid question, but I'm just going to ask it anyway. Right. <laughs> How fast do you guys hit the ball? What, what's, like, your – like, do you guys time it at all? Like, you know, no, no? I mean, like miles per hour, like no. miles per hour. Yeah. yeah like, well, like, that's not me. I don't really swing at the ball. So Natalie, <laughs> I mean, well, I feel like, but doesn't I mean, have a speedometer hanging around, but we should get one. I don't know. You guys have never done that or anything like that? Mm -hmm. They used you to have that. do it like with a serve, but I doubt it's anything like they used to have crazy. that at uh, like club tournaments when we were in like high school, they would have something set up to do that, but I've never done that. Thank you guys for coming today. I mean, I had a blast. Yeah. Uh, I hope we get to talk again, you know, later on in the season. Yeah. And uh, hopefully it's when you guys are NJAC champions once again. Kara, yeah. yeah. thank you for joining me of today course, here too. You. Before I, you know, say goodbye, do you guys have anything else that you want to leave off with? Or Props are hot. <laughs> and the props are hot. And this was Connor Brown with your own sports review. Thanks to everyone who tuned in and thanks to everyone who joined me here today.
That was Connor Brown and Caraguno with Natalie Ogden and Simone Sprano of the Rowan Volleyball team as they recorded that interview right here at Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM in our conference studio. So it was nice to have those ladies here at the studios for an interview like that, something, as I've mentioned in prior episodes, we haven't gotten to due to COVID-19 and the pandemic era. Before we move on to the second part of today's episode with Connor and I as we sat down with running backs from Rowan University Football, James Farah and Jawan Hayes, we're going to take a quick step off here on the Rowan Sports Review. So stay tuned for more information and interviews after these messages. Before we get a break, though, checking the WGLS campus calendar. Rowan University's Department of Public Safety would like to remind everyone in the Rowan community about the importance of pedestrian safety, especially while crossing Route 322. Pedestrians traveling along the Chamberlain Student Center construction site are urged to follow all caution signs and avoid directly walking onto the highway. Motorists who fail to stop for pedestrians face serious fines. Please follow state law and stop for pedestrians. This campus calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for campus news and information. Don't go anywhere. More Rowan Sports Review right after these messages. Join me, Gina, every Sunday from 7 to 10 a.m. for the Sunday Sounds of Music. I'll bring you all the toe-tapping hits of the Great White Way that will have you singing along in no time. Who wants to sing show tunes? Plus, I'll have Broadway news, blocks of Broadway, and tickets to some of the hottest shows around. That's the Sunday Sounds of Music with me, Gina, every Sunday, right here on your station for the Broadway music that matters, Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned in to the Rowan Sports Review live right here on RowanRadio.com Channel 2. And it's time to tell you before we move on to James Farah and Jawan Hayes and everything you need to know about the Rowan University football team, it's time to tell you to wake up with Rowan Radio for the early bird special every weekday starting at 7 a.m. Our host will help you get through your morning with entertaining news and special giveaways, plus news, weather, traffic, and of course, the music that matters. Start your day off right with the Early Bird Special every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM and, of course, online here at rowanradio.com. Now, without further ado, let's send things over to Connor and I's interview with James Farah and Jawan Hayes just earlier today from the Rowan University football team. On this week's edition of the Rowan Sports Review, we have star running backs James Farah and Jawan Hayes here with us in studio I'm Connor Brown, and to my right, Sports Department Director and play-by-play broadcaster for football on the radio, Danny Ryan. Guys, congrats on your last week's win over William Patterson. It was a hard-fought 14-9 victory over a young, physical, and jack opponent, moving you guys to 4-2 on the season, 2-1 in conference play. Uh, Danny and I were obviously there in Wayne, calling it on the radio. Could you guys kind of you know, describe the game to us from a player's perspective on uh, how you thought last week's victory went over the Pioneers? Uh, well, I mean, I thought it was a good victory. I mean, it was a 14-9 victory, which is kind of low scoring. But um, I feel like we got we got there and we did what we had to do. Um, sometimes you're not going to put up, you know, 50 points against an opponent. So all that matters really got the win. It was hard to um, – sometimes it was hard just because the, the crowd was kind of a factor because there was no one there at all. But we got through that and we came out with the win, so – how do you guys think they're going to be next year? This is something me and Danny were talking about on the broadcast. We kind of saw a lot of potential out of them. 
seemed like their quarterback play was a little bit behind, but they have some young, you know, playmakers on the outside and they're really physical on defense. So I'm kind of curious what you guys think of them going into next year. Uh, going in next year, I, f- I feel like they're going to be solid as they were this year. They had some really strong guys in the defensive line. They're causing problems with the, about the whole game. Uh, yeah, I feel like they'll be just as good as they were this year, next year. Taking a look at the offense in the second half, since like your first two victories to start the season against uh, Widener and Springfield, kind of has fizzled out a little bit, at least in the, the passing game a little bit. John Maldonado has been getting double covered, uh, and the running game hasn't been where it's you know wanted to be the past few weeks. Against a bad run defense in Kane this week, how do you guys plan to kind of get that going on the ground and improve uh, offensively in the second half? I mean, we definitely have to, we can't underestimate Kane, even though they're kind of known for not having the best type of teams over the years, except for last year. But really, we just need to come out firing on all cylinders with running and passing because a good pass game will open the run and a good run game will open the pass. So we just have to lock in and not let anything like bring us down if we're not scoring. If we have a couple three and outs, we just got to come back and score. So. I feel like over the last two games, especially like offensively, us as a group, we've been coming together and getting our confidence back. I feel like I feel like it'll be good. I feel like we'll have our confidence uh, this week against Kane, and uh, we'll be back on the roll. And Juwan, you were coming back from injury recently, so if you wouldn't mind just talking about exactly what happened, how you're feeling after the injury, you know, kind of easing into the play again these past few weeks. Yeah, so I've always had an ankle injury, uh, my left ankle, and then I sprained my right ankle against, you know, injury is Newport, but uh, I played on a hurt against TCNJ, that's why I was kind of getting sprinkled in, and then last game, it was sprinkled in a little bit more in the beginning, and then I got the ball more towards the second half, because I'm just getting used to moving again, both ankles. Uh, I'm wearing a knee brace now because I sprained my knee as well, <laughs> my left knee. But, you know, that's, that's the name of the game. You just got to be a soldier and go forward. So, Juwan, I mean, you came in here smiling. You have a great energy about you. But on the field, man, you, you run angry. And I, my oh, yeah. question is, like, <laughs> who made you this angry? Because it, it, it's violent out there. Um, <laughs> that's, that's just the name of the game. And uh, you just got to make them tackle you, you know, not really running Thinking about when you're running, just going forward, going forward. No matter who's there, just going forward. And I've heard some of the guys kind of refer to you as as Tiki as your nickname. <laughs> do you do, do you care to expand on that? Yeah. So growing up, and uh, like 75 pounders first time I played football when I was five. My coach gave me the name Tiki because he's a huge Giants fan. Tiki Barber was highlight of time. Yeah. So so I got it from Tiki Barber. I want to talk to you guys about your uh, newly hired running coach or running backs coach, I should say, for Rowan, Dominique Wilkins. What has it been like to have that guy in the locker room having some prior NFL experience? Well, yeah, it definitely brings a lot to us because he has that experience. And um, it just gives us confidence and gives us like it makes us want to play good for him. Definitely when he's watching us. So um, he just brings everything he, he learned to us and like we just take it and it shows on the field. So. Uh, he, he was a super great addition to the team. I, I learned stuff from him this year that I knew, did not know about football at all <laughs> until he came in. Uh, he, he brings the energy. His energy is crazy. It's, it's what we really need on this team, so he's a great addition. What's the difference between him and uh, Joe Koss from last year? I, I kind of know jo- Joe a little bit when I got to Rowan. Mm-hmm. One of my best friends is really good friends with him, so we got to interact and stuff like that. And now, you know, he's at Albany, so he's no schmuck himself, yeah. obviously, as, as a coach. But what's the difference between having, having a guy with NFL experience opposed to uh, someone who's, you know, learning coaching for the first time? Well, it's not even like the NFL experience. It's almost just the position. So Joe's never played running back, and Coach Dom has. So Coach Dom knows what we see. Um, compared to Coach Joe, which didn't really have that experience. But, I mean, Coach Joe was a great coach for sure. Yeah, great team. Um, but he was also, you know, it was his first time coaching position too. So he now he's starting to get more and more experience. And 
Coach Dom's been through it all, and he's played running back, so that's really the big the big reason. So. And uh, I feel like, like, like what uh, James said, Coach Dom played the position like at the highest level, so like certain tendencies that maybe maybe Coach Joe didn't catch because he didn't, he hasn't played running back, so certain reactions Coach Dom notices immediately, like looking at the ball, or you should be looking at like defenders in front of you. Like he just and it just makes everything a little easier with him. So he kind of sees things that you know no one else could really. S- Yes. kind of spot out <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah that just comes with like you know kind of having the, the experience in the position you know, like yeah. you guys said so uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about when you went down last year James and how Juwan had to step up really as a sophomore you guys are both listed as juniors athletically I believe you're an academic senior right mm-hmm. James so uh, but Juwan had to step up last season and overall just took on the running back duties while you were you know during your absence so how did that improve your guys relationship you know first and foremost but overall how did that improve your gameplay Juwan just having those reps to really get comfortable in the offense uh, it, it helped to help me a lot, you know. Um, I said I remember after the game, the first game he went down, I started. I was like, oh, starting to feel like high school again because you kind of just got to get back to the flow of things. Like after the first few five carries, or after that, everything starts to move a little slower. But uh, our relationship wise, I feel like it made us like brothers, <laughs> like mm-hmm. closer. Like one one man down, next man up. But it's not really next man up because we're together and we're a group, we're brothers. So. Yeah, I mean, um, when I went down, I obviously sucked, but he stepped up big. And then when I came back, um, it was just me and him as a one-two punch at that point. And it's obviously carried over to this year. So um, I just feel like, you know, him coming in, stepping up and playing all those games and then me coming back, it just it just worked out pretty well. Now, you guys obviously sit fairly well record-wise, 4-2 and two overall, 2-1 two and one in NJAC play. And, I mean, at this point in the season, we have to start talking about conference uh, championship hopes and really just edging out Salisbury, it looks like. Salisbury or Christopher Newport University, if you're to win this game against Kane this upcoming week for homecoming, you'll be 5-2 and two heading into Salisbury week. That's a great record to have heading into Salisbury week, 3-1 and one in NJAC play. Are you guys really just looking to take care of business tomorrow, advancing to one of the toughest conference opponents in uh, Salisbury? I mean, we definitely have to just take care of business tomorrow. Uh, we can't really look ahead too much because we all know Salisbury is the best team in the conference. But um, it won't matter if we lose this uh, we lose this game tomorrow. So we just got to take care of business, and then hopefully, you know, we'll be five and two, and we go there on their homecoming, and we take that win, and then. You know, we just got to win out pretty much, and then it looks pretty good for us. So Yeah, like what James said, I'm really just focused towards tomorrow, just getting a job done tomorrow because I feel like looking ahead you know, sometimes called problems. So yep. I'm just really focused on Kane. I don't want to overlook him. They have really good coaching. Just want to get the job done tomorrow. I mean, so obviously you guys have a great relationship. Um, you know, I don't even think of it as one and two, you know, running back-wise. I kind of think of it 1A, 1B. How hard of it is it to build a relationship like that, especially on a football team where you only get so many opportunities to, you know, really show out what you can do? You know, just, just tell me about how you guys have built that relationship. Uh, well, I mean, you know, it's just like comes down to, you know, we're not exactly the same type of running back either. So, like, you know, he obviously runs a little bit harder than me, I would say. And then, like, they use me a little bit more in the passing game and just, like, the outside runs, you could say. I mean, he takes outside runs too, but obviously he runs downhill more. So I feel like when you have that, it's so much easier to build that relationship, especially when you're uh, splitting reps like that and, like, they're not ready for you on the field and stuff like that. So... That's really what we bring. I feel like it's just like it's awesome having like someone that I can rely on. <laughs> like mm-hmm. when I can, if he knows like if I'm a little tired here, if I, have, I tweak my ankle on this play, I can always rely on him to get the first down, score a touchdown. Um, like he said, we do things a little differently, like running the ball wise. I'm a little downhill more, and he's spectacular catch, <laughs> uh, <laughs> making people miss, you know. Yeah. But I feel like we we men go to each other. So who are some like of, of the younger guys in, in that running back room that you're looking forward to? potentially getting some some play this year 
and uh, in the future. Uh, I would say Kyron Roan. Kyron Roan's up next. He He's dealing with an ankle injury, too, a little, little bit worse than mine, but he's definitely up next. He runs a lot harder than me. <laughs> he's a lot bigger than me, so Kyron Roan's up next. Uh, Luke, Luke O'Hay, he hasn't really had a lot of time so far this season, but when he, when he gets the ball, eventually you'll, you'll say. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, we saw Kyron, I believe it was week one, Wonder, might have been yeah. week two against Springfield, but either way, this nobody, I'll just say in our in our minds, this, this random comes out of nowhere. We're expecting you, James, or you, Juwan, to come out, and he's absolutely explosive, yeah. running downhill <laughs> for like 23 yards yeah. on his first carry at Rowan. I'm like, What's going on with this kid? So I agree. I think he's definitely got next in it. I mean, I, I think the appropriate nickname is Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're Wind, Juwan is, is Fire, yes, and then Kyron is, you know, Earth. Yes, Just pounding the ground. Yes, sir. Um, so I used to play running back in high school, and then I, I redshirted a year at uh, Wingate, a D, D2 school in, in uh, North Carolina. Uh, some things didn't work out for me uh, personally while I was there, so I had to stop playing. I still love football, and this is kind of like why I do it. I kind of get to like you know live vicariously through you guys on Saturdays. And it's really been a joy for me this season. How are you guys preparing for life after football? Um, so I still have another year, obviously, next year, but um, right now I'm – uh, my major sports communication and advertising. So I'm trying to do something with that. Um, I was also thinking about maybe becoming a teacher. So going the alternate route and that, but um, I have some op- like some options that I'm looking at, but like right now I'm just focused on football, but obviously I'm getting ready for like the real world, I guess by, you know, just getting my degree and just, mm-hmm. um, you know, just going with everything. Uh, I'm, I'll be graduating soon with my law and justice degree. Um, not really sure with what, what I'm going to do with that degree, but as of right now, I've been doing a lot of demolition, getting into real estate with my, my girlfriend's family. So I don't know if I'm going to go down that path. Probably still do something with law and justice in mm-hmm. the future, but it's looking like the real estate path. I want to get back to the playing field real quick and talk about the game prior to the William Patterson game last week. Obviously, the miracle underneath the Friday Night Lights at home versus TCNJ. And specifically, you, James, you had a 49-yard run that set up the game almost tying touchdown. We've got a little dramatic there yeah. at the end. Brought you guys within one point. Um, would have tied the game, barring the blocked extra point attempt, but huge run for you in the later stages of that one. Just take me through that moment when you realized you had broke free, just overall the entire atmosphere. Well, you know, like the whole game, it was really like a gritty game. Like, I mean, I, I probably up to that point had like probably 30 yards, you know, <laughs> like so it was like two to three yards every play. Like they were hitting pretty hard. They were a good defense. Yeah, DCJ was good. Yeah, like they're, they're good. Definitely don't sleep on them in the conference. But, like, then when you bro- – I broke one before that, and I kind of, like, started to see, like, the one play that was breaking it that we ran. And then when I broke that last one, I guess I didn't want to score. Cause I, got <laughs> I got tackled at the three. I'll tell you what, I thought yeah. you were going to the end zone. Yeah. I really did. I, I got the touchdown call started. And yeah. Yeah. It was rough. At it was, the five. Oh, yeah. the three. It was rough. But, um, yeah, so just went, what went through my head there, too, is because they were talking a lot of – you know, they were talking a lot before that play. Yeah. So I was happy just to get that to shut them up, yep. but um, and to put us in that position to score, even though we didn't tie it. That was yeah. a crazy ending, but unbelievable. Yeah. And now, Jawan, I'll you know kind of talk to you about this a little bit as well. In the final moments following the touchdown score, now I mentioned how it got a little dramatic, the blocked extra point attempt, then yeah. Jake and his onside recovery kick from, I believe it was Nick Cerulli? Yeah, yep. Nick yes. Cerulli, yep. So, you know, just take me through your mindset and overall your reaction in that moment because you think, all right, we did all this work to get all the way to the goal line, we punch it in, and we're going to lose by one point, but then the impossible happens. Yeah, so, I mean, if anyone, like like I said, if anyone was going to get that uh, onside kick, it would be Nick Cerulli. Yeah, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> puts his body on the line every day <laughs> like in practice till that kid's a dog but um i was excited i was it was a miracle <laughs> it was a miracle and then i knew if we got the onside kick we weren't letting they slip away like <laughs> we got that it was game time your job wasn't really done after recovering the onside kick though you still had to go basically 50 or 60 yards down the field and just try and punch it in it took a huge Mike Hosney rushing attempt, and then Terry Carlstrom got out of bounds with one second left. James, take me through that moment when you're just sitting there. Obviously, you were on the field at that point, kind of leading the drive with Mike Hosney and everyone. Just what was your reaction when Terry got out of bounds with one second left? Yeah, before we even got on the field, I lost my ear pad, so I couldn't find it. And I was People were putting helmets on me and stuff like that. Nothing was fitting, but when I got out there, it was good. I mean, yeah, Terry, we were kind of making fun of him because last year against CCNJ, he got to like the one-yard line and score a touchdown. So we were calling him like, I won't say what we are calling him. But, <laughs> but then he, he came back that whole game, he scored. And then yep. that was really good. Like, um, it was really good for him to get out of bounds too. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It was close. I mean, it was very thank close. God we were home. Because yeah. that yeah. one second, <laughs> yeah. somewhere else. But um, but yeah, I knew it was, I honestly knew we were going to win the game there. Yeah. Like, right when he got out of bounds, everything was just going our way too yeah. much. Onside kick, yeah. the, like the drive. <laughs> Even after, like, because we got a penalty too. Because um, Husney had that big run. There was a hold. Yep. And, uh, um, it came back, but you think about it. Thank God there was that hold because he was still in bounds when he went down. So the yeah, clock stopped yeah. running. Well, the clock stops on a first down, so that's yeah. the only thing Once that would have happened. So we yeah. could have spiked it there. But I mean, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, like, you know, it, it doesn't matter. We won. It's just crazy. Like you said, you kind of knew you were going to win that game. Yeah, everything yeah, yeah. was just going your way, and that's kind of how we felt. It, in the booth. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, in the booth, we said that Rowan, that you guys were down to your last chance at least like five times. We were like, <laughs> all right, this is it for Rowan. If they don't get it here, and they're like, oh, they got it. So, yeah, I mean, that was just absolutely electric, and I'm really oh, happy you guys pulled out that victory. So who, who on the offense, you know, it doesn't really get, you know, their, their due kind of, um, you know, coverage-wise, do you think? I would say Eddie, Eddie Jameson, really, okay. because um, he, he's a great player, and, like, he's he's open a lot of the times, but, you know, our offense really does revolve around John, obviously, so mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of hard when he's getting doubled. But him, Terry, uh, CJ, obviously, but CJ – always kills it but yeah. him and Terry really I'd say are the ones that you're going to see come out like later in this a little bit in a, these like last couple games tomorrow. you'll see them yeah <laughs> even tomorrow oh, yeah. but I would say uh, Eddie Jamison and Terry it's because they're, they're young too like with their sophomores mm-hmm. yeah yeah like they're young and they're just so key to our offense and we just have so many weapons offense that's why I'm so comfortable you know <laughs> I just do my part everyone does their job to the best so I mean once you guys start connecting to Eddie on some of those you know yeah. those deep routes um, that's just gonna be another you know layer of that offense that defenses have to worry about I want to ask you about you know some of your new uniforms this season we've seen some new uh you know threads on the field uh just tell me which one is uh, your guys personal favorites I like like this kind of unpopular opinion around the locker room but I like the yellow jerseys I think they're (laughs) cool I mean people don't really like the the mesh type but I think the uniforms against CC and Jazz my favorite combo or the um Brown on white or the all brown. That's so, pretty good. So are, are they made out of like some type of mesh material? Yeah, it's like yeah, a. It's like mesh. I, I don't even. It looked a little mesh. bit like mesh. So oh, you can like see through. through. You can see through. Yeah, 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 but I mean, it's really breezy though. Like our, the first game we wore them, it was kind of hot game, and the breeze was, was amazing. Yeah, that was <laughs> so crazy. I was cool with that. The gray ones. I like right. the gray. Yeah, I, I like the gray ones. You like <laughs> the gray, <laughs> gray ones because it goes with the white pants. So. I, I honestly agree with James. I have to say the yellows are, yeah. are my, my favorite. Yeah. I'll tell you what. We kind of reacted to them when we got in the booth during the TCNJ game, and we're just looking at the field. We're like, are those practice? 
practice unis, and then we kind of got another look at them, and they kind of you know wore on us a little bit. Yeah. We're like, all right, they're not terrible, but I, we had to figure out their mesh or not. Because because from the distance, sorry to cut you off, Jamal, like they really look like they have like holes in them, like like yeah, the old school nineties <laughs> like practice like. mesh. Yeah, like, it it is it's not mesh like right here, like on the um, shoulders and like the the sides. It's not mesh, but everything else is mesh. Yeah. What uh, uniforms do you guys plan to debut tomorrow? Or are you just going to go with a classic? Um, I think it's the yellow tops and the brown bottoms instead of oh. the brown and yellow. So I think that's gonna look cool. Again, yeah. some people are saying it's not. I think it's gonna look cool, but some people want to do yellow on yellow. I don't know. It's weird. I think it'll be a highlighter it's, at that point. Exactly. I, like, I like the brown exactly. pants. That definitely complements it a little bit better than gold pants for sure. So you mentioned Terry Carlson and Eddie Jamison in the offense, how they really are just expecting their due and are still waiting to emerge consistently. Terry had his big game against TCNJ. Last week you saw flashes of Eddie against William Patterson with a big 20-yard gain. Uh, to set up, I believe, Mike's second quarterback sneak touchdown. So just talk to me about, you know, one, I mean, you kind of chuckle when I say Mike's second quarterback sneak yeah. touchdown. But one, talk to me about how you've seen them progress over the past few weeks. And then two, you have to have something to say about Mike here. So let's yeah. hear it. Um, Mike's QB, <laughs> QB sneaks, it's just funny because like, he's, he's not really the biggest guy. So when he goes down there to QB sneaks, not like Josh Allen, 6'6", six, six, diving over his Mike cousin. <laughs> so like, he's squeezing he, through the pile. Yeah, but he's not. He's, he's, he's getting it. Like every time we call that QB if sneak, I know he's getting in. Regardless who's pushing him behind, he's getting. He's finding a hole. That's why I was about to play with me. But yeah, with Terry and Eddie, yeah, I mean Terry against TCNJ had a huge game, and Eddie too. I mean they're open. You know they're there. It's just just getting them the ball, letting them run, and you know just putting them like in certain spots that they'll be able to make plays. So they'll definitely. We have a great receiving crew. Do you, you feel know, that so. Mike has been working well with Eddie and Terry in practice just as far as the deep ball goes? Because I've seen over the past few weeks he's been trying to hit them mm-hmm. deeper. He's been trying to hit them you know, over the middle of the field for big uh, gains of yardage. Has he been really clicking in practice recently with them? Yeah, I mean, they're always clicking. Like He, he throws to everybody in practice, obviously. like um, it's, uh, it's a lot different than the game. But, you know, we can throw. We do skelly or, you know, like we just do – routes on air we throw so much and then you'll see in the games that we'll run 48 times yep. and throw 13 like Willie Patterson so it's like yeah. when you're completing six passes like you know they're not gonna get the ball that much yeah. so I mean but you saw like earlier in the season I'm pretty sure Widener and Springfield we were throwing like a lot yeah. a lot so I mean I feel, I feel like that's also um, came from like our opponents too if like over the season they know we're, they expect us to run the ball a lot mm-hmm. so they're bringing a lot more pressure so yeah. me and yeah. James gotta do better with pass block and just seeing the linebackers coming and stuff like that make a better pocket for Mike to deliver the ball downfield on the defensive side of the ball for you for you guys during practice you know who, who gives you the most you know trouble during practice JB I would say Jason Blanks yeah I'd say, I'd say JB <laughs> loudest at least um, JB Eric Ahmad, 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 definitely Ahmad. That's when we're practicing against them. Mm-hmm. Um, scout team wise, I would say Straps. Yeah, Straps. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's pretty good. Definitely Ahmad yeah. though. When we're doing inside run stuff like that, he's always in the backfield. <laughs> like, yeah, always in the backfield. He's huge, hard to block. That's what I expect you guys to say. Yeah. He's just like explosive <laughs> on the edge. And then all I, I call yeah. his twin Eric across from him on the other side. The uh, young kid, he's a sophomore. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty good too. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I thought Ahmad like killed Christopher Newport's yes. quarterback, Dzerski, who just, I, I don't know how he took some of those hits, <laughs> they, yeah. like some blind hot side hits. And that was the one week you really needed him to emerge because Dzerski's so good when he yeah, gets cooking good. and yeah. he just was able to not shut him down, but definitely give him a lot of trouble. Yeah. All right. So that's going to do it for this week's uh, Rowan Sports Review. James, Juwan, thank you guys so much for coming on. Good luck tomorrow against Kane. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you. Thank you. Go props. Go props. <laughs> Let's ride. Pack the yeah. Let's ride. Thank- That was Connor Brown and I as we sat down with running backs from Rowan University Football, 
both juniors, James Farah and Jawan Hayes, as they prepare for a matchup against Kane University at 2 p.m. for their homecoming game right here in Glassboro, New Jersey. You can hear live play-by-play coverage starting at 1.30 p.m. as Connor and I get set for Prof's pregame with the coaches show playing at 1 p.m. for 30 minutes before that. Thank you all so much for tuning in this week. Tune in to Rowan Football tomorrow, Saturday, October 22nd, and as well as next week for another edition of the Rowan Sports Review. Have a great weekend, everyone. You've been listening to the Rowan Sports Review on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Be sure to tune in next Friday at 4.30 p.m. right here on RowanRadio.com Channel 2 for more recaps, interviews, and previews of upcoming Rowan University games on your home for Rowan Prop Sports. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.